A meeting is an event where minutes are taken and hours are lost. I'm sure you've heard that expression before, but there is great truth in it. Meetings have long been seen as one of the greatest time wasters in work life, yet we continue to have them. And during the pandemic, when no one was allowed to be in the same room together anymore, we simply lifted and shifted the exact same meeting procedure onto video chat and continued onwards. Needless to say, most people did not enjoy these home-based meetings any more than the office ones, except perhaps for the fact that you could bring your cat. But what if the need to be together was no longer necessary? Would meetings still need to be an hour or two hours long? Or could we make them longer but less painful and more productive? Hello and welcome to Cool Time Life. I'm Steve Prentice. Each of our Cool Time Life podcasts focuses on a topic dealing with people, productivity, technology and life, and each offers ideas and facts that you need to know about to thrive in today's busy world. An index of our podcast is available at steveprentice.com under the podcast link. If you caught my last episode, number 44, you will know that I'm a big fan of Slack. I have found it to be an excellent way for people to communicate and is certainly a vast improvement over the formality and the distractive nature of email. Email is just an electronic version of paper-based mail that preceded it, an individual action of opening a letter and reading its contents. Now that's obvious, of course, but when you compare that to live dialogue or a multi-person conversation, a letter carries none of the rhythm or dynamics of a conversation. It is just the carrier of words. Technology evolves and is intended to do ever better things to answer the needs of people, and in the case of most meetings, I feel the same is true. Throughout the 20th century, we fell into the tradition of having meetings because that's what we always had done, and also there was no alternative. This changed once the telephone provided the possibility of dialing into a meeting, but the meeting culture persisted despite many, many shortcomings. When you look at what an agenda is, for an example, you see a menu of objectives that are supposed to get addressed by the end of the allotted time. Seldom are meetings successful in this because in many cases, excessive conversation makes the meeting run long. Either insufficient time was given to each topic due to the limited duration of the entire event, or an agenda item got hijacked by excessive and irrelevant conversations. Now, to be fair, not all meetings turn out this way. Some are run well and achieve their objectives, but in all cases, they are bounded by time and the need for personal presence. Everyone has to be there, in person or online, to participate. I think that the model that Slack is based on, which is asynchronous collaboration, is a perfect way to replace most meetings. Currently, most users of Slack apply it to ongoing projects, and it is excellent for this. It has a sense of presence that email never had, and with each channel dedicated to a specific project, all the communication that goes through that channel remains relevant. As I've said before, it's like having all the team members sitting across the table from you. Conversations stay relevant and informal, and that goes a long way towards keeping people's minds simultaneously focused and relaxed. But what if we were to turn a meeting into a Slack conversation? Instead of calling a one-hour meeting for any particular time of day, we set a Slack channel with an agenda and a duration of two days or maybe even a week. I know the first pushback would be, you know, my meeting only takes an hour and your Slack meeting takes a week, therefore my meeting is more efficient, but I would debate that. Is that really the case? Do the outcomes of an in-person meeting truly start to pay off immediately upon its conclusion? Not often. I mean, most people move on to their next meeting or hurry back to their desk to catch up on the work that they had had to put aside to attend the meeting. And often the effects of a regular meeting take days to show anyway, and a week does go by awfully quickly. The second pushback might be, well, a meeting is where people get to discuss ideas, but that too is inaccurate. 
A meeting is a place where certain people might discuss things while others listen or struggle with boredom. Strong personalities and leaders will get their say, but the quieter people will remain quiet, and some will even wonder why they were told to come here in the first place. The problem with meetings is that they expect universal conformity. Everyone needs to have the attention span, the metabolism, and the personality to adopt to the meeting's form. And everyone must also be aware of and respect the power structure of the room, which means tribal deference to the meeting chair, who in most cases is the manager or some other recognized authority figure. This is something that will have to change a great deal in the future for companies that wish to be successful as we go through the decade of the 20s here, and people discover greater autonomy and carve a career that better fits their lifestyle, their metabolism, and their other priorities. For example, meetings that start at 9 a.m. sharp are fine for early birds whose metabolism allows them to be at their best first thing in the morning, and although that represents the majority of people, 8 out of 10 according to current research, it does not represent everyone, especially night owls and people who have family obligations around the same time, like getting kids to school. Similarly, meetings that occur in the afternoon, especially around 2.30, are particularly challenging, even for morning people, since mid-afternoon is an energy sinkhole. It's a combination of a circadian echo effect, in which the body seeks to repeat its deep sleep period of 12 hours before, combined with the digestion of lunch, and frankly, information overload as the busy day unfolds. Mid-afternoon is the worst time to have a meeting, especially in a stuffy boardroom. Worse still is the working lunch, based on a very 20th century notion that employees who eat lunch are not being productive, so let's use that time for another meeting. This is not only cruel, but it also robs people of a much-needed break, which, like gassing up or charging up your car or recharging your phone, is a vital part of its effective use. People also tend to eat too fast during such events, which has further shortcomings and longer-term health implications. Frankly, any organization that is forced to resort to working lunches has a serious issue with its culture, and although people may have put up with that through the last few decades, the new reality is more and more people will just not put up with it any longer, especially when they know there's a better life out there. So basically, in our modern era, that is, the late 20th century and 21st centuries, there really is no great time for a meeting. It was built out of a homogenous work culture and is, in many ways, a demonstration of power more than true opportunity for collaboration. A lot of great ideas do not end up on the whiteboard because those ideas are held by people too shy or too jet-lagged to speak, which quickly erodes any profit that a meeting hopes to gain from its attendees. But certainly, there are times when live presence is a good thing. Get-togethers are still healthy for team culture, but following the 80-20 rule, it is likely that in many corporate cultures, at least 80% of the meetings held proved to be less than stellar in their achievement and could have been done in another format, such as an email message maybe, or if collaboration and meeting of minds is needed, then through the relatively new interactive technologies like Slack. For a moment here, I want to hand over the narrative of this episode to a professional colleague of mine, Jack Skeels, with whom I work on a number of management-related projects, and I have also been a guest on his own excellent podcast called The Art of Management. In this excerpt, Jack talks with me about Ricardo Semler, who has a fascinating approach to meetings overall. Well, I love Ricardo Semler. wrote a couple of amazing books, The Seven Day Weekend and Maverick. One of the main things that he did in, in relative to meetings was he said that we have way too many meetings, and in fact, we need to change the fundamental rules behind meetings. And his rules were really interesting. He said, first of all, if you want to make a meeting and require that people attend, they all have to agree to attend before you make the meeting. 
So that, that's an interesting rule. In other words, I can't just basically be that unwanted guest, right? I can't just go knock on a bunch of people's doors and say, hey, we're having a meeting. I actually need to have a conversation with them about whether this meeting is needed. Now, one of the interesting things that happens then is that if, if I have to go ask everyone, do you think this meeting is needed? I probably have to explain why I'm having the meeting. And maybe in the course of doing that, I actually exhaust the need to have the meeting. So instead of pulling a bunch of people into a forum, which as we talked about last time, a forum that's ridiculously unproductive, right? Like 50% or more productivity loss. I end up having a bunch of small conversations that are actually far more effective, lower productivity loss, and then I avoid having the meeting in the first place, right? So it encourages a different kind of behavior and also then creates enrollment. In other words, we all agreed that we're going to meet, right? That assumes I tell everyone the same story about the meeting, right? And I'm not making up, if you think about um, Maybe I'm saying what they want to hear is just so they'll attend my meeting. Now, Ricardo Semler, Ricardo Semler had an alternative, um, a second rule around this. And the second rule is if you're attending a meeting that you've agreed to attend and you feel like you're no longer getting any value from it, you can just leave. You can go. Bye-bye. I'm out of here. And in that way, when we look at what this means for to be a meeting organizer, is that I can't make a meeting. It isn't about going into Outlook and then just dragging a one-hour slot and typing in a bunch of names. This is a bunch of work to create a meeting and enroll people and get everyone to agree on what we're going to try to accomplish. And then on that day, on that moment when everyone shows up, I got to keep it interesting and relevant and valuable or they're just going to all start leaving. That's raising the bar on meetings because meetings are a very, very expensive event to have inside your company. But can you imagine? This puts a whole new spin on meetings, placing the focus back on the people rather than the status of the meeting itself. I find that amazing. Just come to the meeting if you think it's worth your time and leave when you think it's not. I mean, how amazing is that? By the way, you can learn more about meetings and Jack Skeel's highly effective and well-proven approach to management by subscribing to his podcast called The Art of Management uh, and by checking it out on his site, which is theartof.management. That is the actual URL, theartof.management. So the bottom line is Slack could do this. It's a similar kind of thing. Rather than focus on the one-hour or two-hour time block, we can focus on the objective of the meeting and the best way to achieve its goals. Maybe a memo sent by email, or better yet, a Loom video, would suffice to deliver the information that would otherwise be delivered in an in-person meeting. Or maybe just a few questions with select individuals, like Semler Illustrated. But if you really need the input and interaction of a number of people, then... Schedule it as an event on a collaboration space like Slack or Teams or WebEx and have people drift in and out as their schedules and their attention spans allow. The dedicated channel or room retains the focus of the meeting and if visuals are needed, of course, they can be there too. Meetings in their current form fail more often than they succeed. This is caused by time being the key source of pressure. People think we've only got an hour and we've got all these things to get through, or the key person is running late, so let's give that person a few minutes and we'll get started, which leads to the worry that if we start late, are we going to run over time too? I have other things to do. 
Like you, I have attended many, many meetings over the years, and the two things that always strike me about every single one of them is the collective sense of relief in the air when everyone realizes they are now allowed to leave the room and get back to the next item on their calendar, and get back to the next item on their calendar. And I've also noticed on those rare occasions when a meeting actually ran well and achieved its goals within the time allotted, just how surprised people are. Good meeting, they will say, as if they just saw a unicorn walk down the hallway. It takes a long time for traditions to change in an organization or culture. The ritual of the meeting is part of office life, and there's a sense of team building, and in some cases, they do get things done. Many organizations like Federal Express are famous for their quick stand-up start-of-day meetings, and I think that's great. They're focused, they're well-run, they're brief, and employees leave that meeting feeling connected and knowledgeable and motivated. That's all good. But it still requires that everyone be at the same place at the same time for this to work. So if you have a team of people who are ready to go out and start their shift, whether it's drivers for FedEx or for your team in your office, this method might certainly work, provided it is well-planned and orchestrated. But most meetings are not like that. Their goal is to achieve something, certainly, but in many cases they are not planned well enough to use the talents of the attendees most effectively. And that means it's a waste of time, money, and engagement opportunities. I think the next iteration of the meeting concept should be one where we free ourselves of the need to be in the same place and time in order to be part of this live event and instead focus on how to achieve the real goals of this meeting by using the best of new technologies and blending them with people's own best talents. For this, my money is on asynchronous. So there you have it, my little podcast on Slack and the opportunities for better meetings through asynchronous communication. If you have a comment about this podcast, you can drop me a line through the contact form at steveprentice.com, where you can also find my social media links. A full listing of past episodes is available at steveprentice.com slash podcast, and I try to keep the episodes evergreen so that the concepts do not get dated too quickly. So check them out and download whatever feels good. And by the way, my new book, The Future of Workplace Fear, How Human Reflex Stands in the Way of Digital Transformation, is now available everywhere. Until next time, I'm Steve Prentice. Stay safe and thanks for listening. <laughs>